the final film in the Showa era of Godzilla features before the property would go dormant for almost a decade required bringing back the original director for one final fantastic push for the colossal kaiju. This is Kaiju vs. History, Terror of Mechagodzilla. Welcome back to the podcast, Kaiju vs. History. This is your evil robotic doppelganger, Patrick, and joining me is a red knockoff with some fancy fins, Miles. Welcome, Miles. Hey, hey, hey. So, Patrick, I'm kind of curious before we get started, how how many times have you seen this movie in your lifetime? Because this one, I feel like, was in fair rotation for me growing up. I I definitely have seen Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla a lot more. I'll tell you that. I think I've only seen this maybe once or twice, which is a shame because this this one is is very good and we will we'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, it just it does stand out a little bit against some of the the zanier films in the the Champion series which I don't know if those <laughs> those were on television more or, or got rotation otherwise. I definitely have seen versus Megalon the most in the series the, because of the MST3K episode. <laughs> right. This one was weirdly more available for the really? longest time. Yeah. I mean, when, like I said, when we did Godzilla versus Mac Godzilla, when they did when Paramount released that like 50th anniversary series and put out Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 74. That that disc kind of came and went pretty quickly. It was hard to, to find that. But when there was that really nice set that came out in about 2004 or five, where uh, we, we got the actual release of Gojira for the first time in the States, mm-hmm. and they put out this really nice Godzilla box set, it came with Terror of Mechagodzilla. It did not come with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. I think because of the rights being at different companies in the West. And so for me, I, like, like I said, for the, until Criterion, it was very difficult to watch 1974's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. But I've I've had a copy of Terror of Mechagodzilla always. Wow, that, that's interesting. Well, that that's it is interesting that it would be kind of re-released around the time they brought over the original because that movie, of course, started the Showa era of Godzilla films, and this one. Is is pretty much the end of the era, though. Well, not technically. Um, the the actually the next Godzilla movie would still be in the Showa era, but as it is a, a start of a new series, and there's so much time, it gets pushed into the the next one. This is considered, you know, kind of the the last hurrah for Godzilla. Though I, when they were making this film, I don't think that was the plan. I don't think they they knew that they would stop making Godzilla films. That's interesting to me because of how this film ends. It feels like a farewell. Well, Um, it it very famously has Godzilla, you know, going off into the, the sunset in the ocean in in a suit that we we have not seen any of in, in the entire film, a completely different suit (laughs) that they, they were allowed to get wet. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I mean, honestly, we're talking about like your favorite scenes. I it's, it's a fantastic scene. 
But before we get deeper into Terror of Mechagodzilla, Patrick, I need to tell you what's I need you to tell me what's in a title. <laughs> no, you tell me for once. What is what is? The oh, well, of I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what Germany disappoints in the most <laughs> Frankenstein like film. Frankenstein nowhere to be seen. In yeah. The title. Yeah. There, there's uh, there's a lot of parallels with Frankenstein. We we have a, a Frankenstein woman in in some ways and also uh, the, you know a monster who's been taken over by an evil mad scientist but uh, this... i feel i feel like the the ouchiest title is the french title <laughs> what's the french title after holocaust oh yeah that that's the video title the, the i think it was released in the 70s as the ogres from space <laughs> well that's uh, that's or, playful um or, or perhaps the, the, the other title is is absolutely not <laughs> oh yes <laughs> after holocaust probably not a great one terror of mecha godzilla's international title today it came out in japan in 1975 march 1975 as Godzilla's counterattack, which is a, a title style we've already gotten, I think, in a few different Godzilla films, a, a classic title. The the Terror of Godzilla, I think, is what this film released at in 1978 in the the U.S. And yes, we know it as Terror of Mecha Godzilla today, and both in the Japanese and this international. This is one of the this might be the last time that a Godzilla movie would not have Godzilla in the title. I think technically, I don't think that happens again after this. I think you're correct. I'm I'm trying. I'm like racking my brain, but like <laughs> I think I think even, that's what even in the even in the Millennium Era, like they're all like I mean, like you have GMK, but like his name's still in the there. G is in there. Yeah. Well, I, I was about to say I think that's that's a bit of the IMDB trivia that I wanted to to bring up. And of course, you know, this is the uh, well, we were still talking about titles. There's there's a ton of crazy titles out here, but some <laughs> the of Mexican them title. Mexican title is Mecha Kong, Mecha Kong, and the German version is another King Kong reference. It's called Konga Godzilla King Kong, the Brood of the Devil. Why exactly they decided to go for Kong and Mecha Kong references, you know, we, we'll we'll never know. But it, it it just it's it's wild to me. The one time they don't reference Frankenstein. And it's the most Frankenstein-like movie. Yeah, well, the uh, the Italian title is Destroy Kong, Earth is in Peril. All these Kong references are because this film would re-release internationally and in the U.S. around before or after the release of the very famous 1976 King Kong film. And also maybe because they're... You know, there was a mechanical Kong in the the Toho King Kong film, King Kong Escapes. Maybe there's some some mix up with the titles that way. But um, so why Konga what, in in the yeah. in the German title? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Let's not let's not bring up Konga any more than we have to. Also, the U.S. poster is a little odd because it has <laughs> stuff from the prior film. Specifically, King Cesar is right there 
next to Mechagodzilla and is so, nowhere to be found in this film. If memory serves, I think, I think the Terror of Godzilla, aka Terror of Mechagodzilla, would come out in the U.S. before Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. So maybe there was that some sounds conf- about right. Maybe there was some confusion there, but yeah, why, why exactly? Titanosaurus is not on the the poster for the U.S. release, and, and King Caesar is. I am not entirely sure. <laughs> it's a little confusing because he's not in this film. Who is in this film, Miles? What what is Terror of Mechagodzilla about? Can you give us a, a quick recap? Ooh, this one's a little tougher because there's like a lot of moving parts to this one. I mean, in some short summation, if you liked. So you have Godzilla you have versus some aliens. Godzilla. You're getting more of it. <laughs> yeah, essentially, you have some uh, some aliens who have claimed to have rebuilt Mechagodzilla to be even better. They are using one Earth scientist who claims to hate his own species uh, because they made because scientists made fun of him because he said he can control dinosaurs and they use said dinosaur to wreak havoc along with Mechagodzilla. And the only hope is Big G. Yes, yes, indeedy. There, there's some more. And that, moving... that is a less, less messy version than the actual story. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there, there's some more moving parts in the amazing Akihiko Harata is the the Shinzo Mifune, the the crazy mad scientist in this film, and he has a cyborg daughter named Katsura in in the film, played by uh, Tomoko Ai, and. It's it's just such a very Shiro Honda plot uh, <laughs> to have this, you know, element of the, the evil forces that wants to turn good and not use the power of Titanosaurus or Mechagodzilla to to destroy the Earth. Well, there, there yeah, are I mean, I, a, lot of, a lot of parallels between this and Invasion of Astro Monster, maybe Mothra versus Godzilla. I felt, felt the same way. Yeah, this this one has... So this one has a a distinction because I believe it's the first film to be written by a woman for oh, the Godzilla franchise. Yeah, yeah. So Yukiko uh, Takayama, who I, th- I think we've had women contribute story elements, but yeah, she was the she gets main, a full screenwriting credit for the main screenplay author and and only the second woman to to write for the Godzilla series at all. But so for me. I, this is the first time that I, this is going to sound really bad. This is the first time I've watched this film in the last 20 years sober, because a lot of times it was my late night, like I'm um, having a nightcap and or or five and watching this film. And for the last time I remember watching this film, I live blogged it on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that we <laughs> need to find those tumble. Oh, no, we don't. No, we don't. It's it's very stupid commentary. Like, I mean, it, it sounds like a drunk. 27 year old wrote it and i mean there's nothing there's nothing incinerary it's just it's just stupid but this this is a movie that i feel like is hindered by its production because i think i know you i think you came off this very very high and i i certainly enjoy this movie but i feel like there are certain elements that that hold it down for me and part of it is like i mean i wa- i watched this movie on my criterion blu-ray and there is some weird, like, darkness to this movie. Yeah, and I mean, we we've seen Godzilla bleed in in other Jun Fukuda films and things like that. But oh uh, no, no, not- I'm talking literally. 
Like oh, there oh, are dark. aspects, <laughs> there are aspects of this production because of them trying to incorporate smoke and stuff to some of the the battles. Oh yeah, like it's yeah, very difficult to actually see with the with the actual equipment they had. The and special effects is wild. We get a lot of fires on the the miniature yeah. sets and things. And I think as a result, it, it it makes some of the film look a lot darker and muddied than it should. And it kind of hinders my enjoyment of some of the scenes because there are some really great. I mean, it may not be the best miniatures that we've ever seen, but there are some great destruction sequences in this film that I feel get kind of undercut with how hurried everything looks yeah the, the surprising thing about that is two of the last shiro honda films he had at toho space amoeba and latitude zero were so colorful so brightly kind of lit mm -hmm. I, I agree with you there maybe maybe that's just the the feel that he was going for because besides visually it is <laughs> thematically fairly dark uh, a fairly brooding version of a, of a godzilla film at least when you're comparing it to the three or four prior champion series films maybe, maybe not right. versus header versus header is pretty dark in, in more ways than one as that, well that's true but yeah terror of, of mecha godzilla does as i mentioned earlier stand out a bit maybe as a little sore thumb in this series because they I mean, it is technically a kid's film. It was released during the Champion Festival, along with the other Godzilla films in the in the 70s. But we have a, a bare-breasted bare woman <laughs> in a, a scene. Well, well, well asterisks on that. <laughs> well, and I mean, people are shown being, you know, shot to death. <laughs> much more violently than I think we, we've gotten in, in some of the other Godzilla films. And in, in some of the other Godzilla films, but we've also seen Johnny Sacco get shot in the back. So <laughs> well, that's, I, a, that's I, the thing. I, I, think I think we can handle it. <laughs> for U.S. sensibilities, it's very different from from what they allowed for kids in, in Japan. So the, the, the scene of nudity, I think, was edited out of the initial uh, American oh, version. Oh, almost certainly that they, they could not have. I mean, 1975. Uh, but what's been what's interesting about that scene is it's it's such a clinical scene. It's it's so non-sexual. And the fact that that is not the actress's bare chest. That is a mannequin. Well, it, um, it is the scene when Katsura is being repaired by repaired, the aliens correct. and has a crazy like tanker toy like guts that they're they're working on and yeah it, it, it's a prosthetic during the scene apparently the actress fell asleep <laughs> she she got, was told to get nice and cozy because you know they'd be filming and working with these we, <laughs> and she uh, got cozy <laughs> these uh yeah reading the ashiro honda biography all the the bits about the the actress Tomoko I was awesome. She was on, I believe, Ultraman Leo at the time. And when they interviewed her, um, they didn't really audition her. They interviewed her, and Ashira Onda just asked her some questions. Uh, she was still in costume for <laughs> Ultraman, and and recalled that that first meeting with Ashira Honda as, as being very very interesting. She is at the time of filming this movie as old as the Godzilla series itself. She's I think 20 at the time and this is the 21st anniversary 
film for the Godzilla series. I thought that was very interesting. You know, this is someone who's her entire life. Godzilla had been a, a pretty big part of, of Japanese culture. Speaking and of. I also think she's she's pretty mm-hmm. good. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I, w- I would say that there are some aspects to what she's asked to do, whether it's, you know, lack of script revisions or or what that make the character seem a little frail but there are some moments where she is asked to do some really incredible acting and she delivers Mm -hmm. she's great i i really do feel like honda is able to get the talent he needs in in those positions and at this point i think he's able to get the performances out of his actors that he really needs he told her that you know she had to play tomoko even early on much more woodenly you know talking without smiling and things like that to you know make that reveal maybe a little more satisfactory later on they're very against her nature she was a a very outgoing uh young actress in in japan at the time but of course the 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 person that we're <laughs> we're waiting on here in this this film is Godzilla to show up. We do get him early on in the credits in in a recap of the prior film, which is very interesting. That's a, a straight up out of the playbook from Gamera Films to to show some of the the prior fights. But this one is one of the first films that it, it does seem like a direct sequel to the prior film because you know it it starts with them looking for mechagodzilla on the the bottom of the ocean so and this movie just comes out a year after the godzilla versus mechagodzilla not ton of changes but there are some to the suits for both godzilla and mechagodzilla that they look great in this movie, I think this is all the champion series Godzilla suits, I think, look very good. And the, the mm-hmm. alterations to the head that they've made so much so it, it looks so iconic. It is very it, it took me out of it when they changed the suit at the end of the film <laughs> and really yeah. lingered on the face. It's like that doesn't look like Godzilla. I, I do love in the the opening of the film, which is basically a kind of a recap of the prior film, which is why this feels like a direct sequel, because even though the aliens are completely different. I guess they're just relying on people knowing who Mechagodzilla is. Mm-hmm. We we get the shot of like one of my favorite shots of Godzilla ever is, is his little grumpy head popping over those rocks. <laughs> yeah. And I it, it, it tickles me to death every time I see it. I was like, I, I want that as a poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another another call back to the the original Godzilla. Let, let's talk a little bit about Titanosaurus, our new kaiju in this film, suit acted by Tatsumi Nikamoto, who was an Ultraman regular, like many of the, the actors that have done Godzilla and Champion series, Toru Kawai, and, and you know, other Tsuburaya kind of stuntmen who've, who've jumped into the suits. What are your thoughts on the monster itself? Uh... The, the costume? The, the suit? I am not super high on this suit. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of the kind of creature they thought they were making, but it, it does kind of feel like what do we have in the back that we can cobble together to make a creature and do as little as possible to pull it off. And Mm -hmm. because like there's, there's an aquatic element to him, like with the tail and you know, the fact that he pops up in the in the ocean, 
quite frequently. I I don't love him. I don't think there's a ton unique about Titanosaurus, and I think he's there like more as a plot device than he is as a cool character. And it honestly kind of bums me out. I mean, it does seem like he is the main focus of the early part of the film. I really enjoy his appearance. The the first time he kind of pops out of the water, seeing him in the same fights with Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla, two suits that look amazing. It it kind of brings me out of it a little bit. Just something about the 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 floppiness of the neck. It really needs to be a lot more rigid because at one point Godzilla tackles him and that neck goes <laughs> very noodly, very almost you know like King Ghidorah, one of those. Three yeah, heads. and I mean his body looks like he was like oh like. Even though if they didn't, it looks like they took an unused Godzilla suit and just made yeah. a modification to it. Well, I think that was some of the intention. This They, they refer to it as a dinosaur, I think, yes. at various points of the film. So I think you're supposed to draw that this is another monster that was created very similar to Godzilla. I mean, it's another aquatic kind of giant lizard. So in that way, it seemed like they were trying to make... You know, what would happen a, a few times in the, the Heisei series, a like a super Godzilla, <laughs> you know, a space Godzilla or Destoroya, that that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and I mean, that aspect doesn't bother me so much. I don't know. I just he doesn't seem to have a lot of a personality. And I, oh, I agree with you there. I agree. And yeah, you. I mean, he kind of bums me out, to be honest. I I do like some of the modifications they made to Mechagodzilla. There are some sequences in the background where they just did some artwork where he looks just edgier and more dangerous. And I really dig that, even if that's not necessarily the case in the film that we get. I like that idea that that another race is like, we're going to take this and we're going to make it better. And it's going to be gnarlier, mm-hmm. uh, even even if Mechagodzilla's he, he, he really he really relies on them missiles this time and yeah they got they got more finger missiles being blasted and well what's interesting to me is the aliens are like oh yeah we have we have we have new weapons and it's like well we have different missiles because he 100 percent had like every kind of missile in the last film oh yeah he had missiles so coming many up his kneecaps you know so, so many weapons <laughs> and there there is a little bit of i think uh, more of a malleability to the performance this time I, th- I think Mechagodzilla feels a little bit more looser than he did in the prior film. And that makes for some more fun fights. I love the bit where Godzilla rips his head off like in the last one. Oh, yeah. oh, oh but we learned. Oh, yeah. It's upgraded this time. That that and, doesn't do nothing. <laughs> but what, what, what always gets me is like, oh, and I have this new laser that will certainly end you. And I'm like, well, why didn't you use that to begin with? <laughs> Yeah, no, no need to to hold back when you're trying to take out the big G who, you know, one of my few complaints about this film is it does take, like I said, a little bit of time before we get back to Godzilla and we get to see him, you know, Patrick taken on. It, it takes a lot of bit of time, <laughs> <laughs> maybe too much, but it's, I feel like that's a hallmark I, 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 of, I think of you, Honda's films. You know, I think that's the problem with this particular one is. I don't know that the cast is charismatic enough to carry the movie on their own. And we don't get enough of the star creatures Mm -hmm. throughout the film. Whereas in the last film, we had 
Angaris getting beat up and then Mecha Godzilla beating up Godzilla and Godzilla kind of, you know, injuring Mecha Godzilla. And so then we have the people scrambling to bring up, bring up King Cesar. So we have like a good through thread. We have some monster stuff spread throughout. It feels nice. And I love Honda. We've we've talked at mm-hmm. great length about what a tremendous force a Shiro Honda is. And again, this is this is not his script. So part of the blame goes there. But it does. I think the movie does suffer that we have this conversation of what we're going to do with Mechagodzilla. And we do have a, a handful of appearances of Titanosaurus a little bit, but we don't have an actual battle until much further in the movie. And I think that the, the very complicated web of human alien stories kind of falls apart because of it. Like if you had some some monster action in between and you had that little break, I think mm-hmm. it would it th- I think that story would work better. But I think for me this time watching the film sober, which was a mistake. <laughs> oh, always have a nice glass of wine when you sit down with the Godzilla film Miles. Oh, that's when I record with you, Patrick. Um <laughs> but no, I, I do think I do think that to break up this story with monster battles would make that 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 human story and that whole espionage and the weird love story that they're kind of trying to tell but they're not really telling very well i think that that part actually drags it down the most yeah. I, I love the story that they are wanting to tell i th- i honestly i think this film needed like one more pass like the script needed one more pass and i think it would have been there because there are aspects to this film that are fantastic Mm-hmm. But I think that it kind of falls short on delivery. And if they had broken up that story with one or two monster battles intermittently, I think that it would at least be a little bit more palpable and or digestible. And I wouldn't be so hard on it because I'm I'm kind of surprised because this is a movie that I grew up like yeah. being a champion of. And watching it this time, the entire time I'm like, Phew. What when it is when are we getting going? It is it's not far from perfect, but it's definitely not perfect. I, I did want to correct uh, something you mentioned there that Honda didn't write the script. Honda wrote all of his scripts, or at least he had revision stages. So maybe he did add in more monster scenes than the the original one. Kiyama, the 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 screenplay author, had. A different screenplay she turned in that they, for budget reasons, had to cut some elements out of. Originally, I think there were two dinosaurs. Yeah, the the Titanosaurus was a couple of dinosaur, quote unquote, titans who fused at one point to become Godzilla size and fight. But you know, once again, budget reasons that 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 was cut out. But the the core of her screenplay had Katsura, the cyborg, you know, as the the emotional core of the film. And I think that is something Ashiro Honda latched onto and was able to 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 plan a a film around. So yeah, the the production I mean, it sounds like almost every other Toho production, they they went in with some of the best intentions and had to make some cuts for time, for money, for for whatever reason. Um, and that you can tell that this movie got done. I think it filmed in like a month. It was like February, March of of that year, and it came out a few months later. So they they banged this one out, Miles. Maybe maybe they should have taken another pass. You're right, but. 
Yeah, let, let's talk about what we did enjoy, what maybe else did work for the film, or our favorite scenes. Do you have anything you want to talk about in particular in, in that? Well, I mean, category? not like I said before, one of my favorite scenes is the the denouement, the the final scene of God, like knowing this is the final Godzilla film of what we what we call the Showa era and have him walking off into the sunset to where it kind of feels like it goes into a sepia tone or mm. black and white to like his origins. I understand that's maybe not what they were trying to do at the time, but it it feels like that knowing is the last Godzilla film for about a decade. And I really, really love that. I think it's beautifully shot. And I think the... I think most of the monster battles are really well shot and they're really fun in terms of like, this is the most explosive. I think like you mentioned before, there's a lot of like actual fires happening in the battles. That's, I feel uh, like this is, this is the most we've seen like models get blown up in uh, actual Kaiju battles. Dariyoshi Nakano is the director of special effects for this film. And you've got Moriyoshi Tomiyaka as a cinematographer. So these are maybe people that I think Honda has worked with before, but it definitely gives the film a little bit different of a feel from the other champion series. This I, just having a share of Honda at the, the helm might be enough uh, of, of a difference. You get a lot of callbacks. I think like, like that to the original Gojira film, to the feel of the film. We have a classic Akira Ifakube score in this movie, which makes a huge difference, I think, for my enjoyment, my personal watchability of this film. It's the classic Godzilla theme. It is the Mecha Godzilla theme tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and used I think to great effect in this film for for scenes with with the Katsuura Mafune and and her father and things like that. I do think that my favorite shot in the film is is the first time we get to see Mechagodzilla two, Titanosaurus and Godzilla squaring off, and the, the flames rising behind them all. Godzilla is in in the middle between these two two monsters, and there's just something about the the framing of that fight that it it feels it feels very different it it really does feel like this is the transition step between the zanier 1970s godzilla films and what we're going to get in 9 years <laughs> 9 years later in the the <laughs> return of of godzilla when they they took on this film and ashira honda and everyone else wanted to do it they were a little stymied in their original idea which is you know make a darker godzilla film because Godzilla is the hero. <laughs> Godzilla is very much Superman at this point in in Japanese culture and in, in films. And you know, only twenty years prior, it was the most horrific monster that a Shira Honda could conjure out of of his mind. But so they they had a bit of a, a challenge, and I think they they mostly succeeded at making a, a darker film, but still having that heroic Godzilla in it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean. That's the fun of the champion series is I, I like Godzilla as the hero, obviously. Like I, I absolutely love the first film, but since then, I don't think Godzilla has been that kind of threat or character. And I think his best films are when he plays 
the Defender in the Showa era outside of the first one. I mean, we talked about uh, in the championship series alone, we've had Godzilla versus Hedera and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla get near perfect scores. And there's a reason for that. Like, I mean, we, we all grew up with Godzilla as the heroic monster anyway, or mm-hmm. at least fighting another monster, even if it wasn't heroically. And so I do like the opportunity to see a darker story attempted. And I mean, this story is pretty dark. The Frankenstein aspect of it, we talked about this a little bit, but like the 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 mad science gone awry is certainly something that Hunter likes to touch on. And I think that it was played, you know, pretty brilliantly mm-hmm. by Akihiko Hirata as Dr. Mafune. He's really hamming it up in this film at the very least. He, he, he gives me he gives me total Dr. Wiley vibes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, I, I, I the love it. White hair and, and what have you. But um, I mean, he he, do, he I mean, he hams it up when he has to. But also he absolutely brings it when it's when it's concerning his daughter or when it's concerning like the things that he cares about, because you can see like, oh, here's the factors that like literally drove this person nuts. But this person isn't beyond redemption, which I thought was an extremely interesting way to go because they could have easily had him just be a straight up bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. The director of special effects, Nakano, um, said this story they were going for more of a Beauty and the Beast kind of 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 tale in both, you know making those kind of of characters that would be maybe more one dimensional in other Godzilla films, you know, the, the evil scientist and and his cyborg daughter be maybe more relatable and, and bring them back towards the the end of the film. Yeah, so I, so, I, will, I will say it's a little distracting to have the exact same actor play the main bad guy and be a different alien. <laughs> yes, yes. A little confusing. Uh yeah, we got Goro Matsumi as uh the there, we haven't mentioned Black Hole Planet Three aliens as, as their commander, and uh, yeah, there's there's so many of Shira Honda's actors that come back from from other roles in this. Besides Harada, we also have Kenji Zahara as a blink and you miss it defense commander in the I think the JDF, uh, as well as some other returning actors from from other Godzilla films. Right, so. It is interesting that this your, your opinion of this film might line up a little closer to 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 other people's. I was I was thinking this would be a much higher rated film, but online and in, in movie rankings, it, it very rarely scores above a, a six out of ten, which is you know for all scales. It's not just for for kaiju movies on, on that scale, but by comparison, the original Gojira has a seven point five on things like IMDb or Letterboxd, and Mothra versus Godzilla six point five. So you know, obviously beneath those films, but. Legacy for this film definitely we we uh, get a lot of Mecha Godzilla in the in the future, and I think this film helps cement the the, the mechanical version of Godzilla or you know any kaiju as kind of the staple a classic of these series and of kaiju film as as a whole. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean. This is a character who, I mean, other than I would say Ghidorah is the most frequent Godzilla enemy of the franchise. I mean, he's got two mm-hmm. in the Showa era. He's got, I guess, just is it just one in the Heisei era? 
in i mean yeah technically he's got got two in the millennium i was about to say there's he came back in a big way in the the millennium series yeah or is it three uh well there's the 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 two films that are are linked together right i does he come back in final wars i don't think so i don't think uh, Uh, mecha godzilla and final wars Uh, it's been a while since i've seen that yeah it's been a while since i've seen that one which is wild because it's a it's a favorite of mine there's a a mecha aspect in final wars so Mm. i i well, I guess we'll have to see. I've, I purposely haven't rewatched several of these movies just because ever since we started doing the show, I was like, well, well I kind of want to give these a, a more of a pure. <laughs> Before pure we started the podcast. So this is a couple of years ago. I, I went back and, and and burned through like in order the Heisei and Millennium films just to to get a feel for for them. And, and if this podcast format would work, which was, you know, looking at them chronologically and. Yeah, I, I think Mechagodzilla really does does work in just about every era of Godzilla films that we've seen him in and is a great mm-hmm. kind of capstone for, you know, going from King Kong Escapes and Mechakong to finally a a villain that I feel like is can go toe to toe with Godzilla. It, it does seem like a threat to Godzilla at, at several points. Besides that, unfortunately, no future for titanosaurus doesn't show up in any other real format after this film except the screenwriter wrote a story that was a sequel to this film that <laughs> a short story called 2075 meister titano's counterattack and so it's a hundred years after the film takes place and it has katsura the the cyborg and a cyborg version of Titanosaurus. So in, in the future, <laughs> I've, I've looked for this story online. I think it's it's not been translated yet, but I found that very interesting. So there, if there is, if you do like Titanosaurus, there's a little bit more that you could <laughs> consume if you want to learn Japanese. <laughs> Let's get to our rating of this film, Miles. Very interested. I, the, you, you haven't shared with me what you're really thinking about it but i i want to start by saying i think this is a great film i think i am taking my initial score down from a 10 to a to a 9 that's what i was originally thinking i i could probably watch this one in the showa era it, it could be in my high like rewatch frequency but after going back and, and watching it i think i do enjoy godzilla versus mecha godzilla just a little bit more I think this is definitely one of the best feel films Ashiro Honda has done since the original Gojira, since Mothra versus Godzilla, which was another 10 out of 10 for me. But yeah, as this does work as a direct sequel to the, the last Godzilla movie very well, I think it works as a standalone film as, as, as well and, and is a great send off for Godzilla. So yeah, ten, uh, nine out of 10 <laughs> miles. What, what about you? So for me, I think this movie is it attempts to be ambitious, which I appreciate. I think it has a core interesting story and there are some fun monster battles. Watching it this time, I didn't have the sense of fun that I associate with this franchise and with this character. And I didn't 
I also didn't get any sort of, oh, this this movie's about this. And I'm even in researching it, I'm like, oh, well, the, you know, this this crisis was going on and 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 this is an answer to this. I'm like, I don't get that in this film. I feel like for me, this one is in terms of personal enjoyment, not one that I'm going to like it's not it's not my first pick. Mm-hmm. So like for me, almost any any Godzilla movie in and of itself is going to be worth watching. But I'm going to give this one a seven out of 10 for personal enjoyment. I liked it. I think it's a solid enough movie. I think there are some really entertaining fights. And I love the Godzilla suit that's used. But for whatever reason, I just did not connect with it on this watch. And I I kept trying to engage. And for whatever reason, it just something all, all the moving pieces, because like when I look at them individually, I'm like, oh, man, this actor was really good. You know, this idea is really good. These these fights were cool, but everything just doesn't connect for me. And mm-hmm. as a result, I got to I got to knock it down for my personal enjoyment of the movie, because for that, when I watched it, it just it it I, I kept feeling myself check my watch very frequently. <laughs> and I don't do that that often with with this franchise, especially with the last movie being so, so good. <laughs> oh well what about the the technical aspects of the film where would you rate that so that's where this movie suffers the most I, I like i said i think there are some things they tried to pull off but as a result it made the movie very muddy to watch i think that the the script itself is fine but there are some moments that i think need to be redone there's a lot of there are a lot of stuff with the 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 romance that doesn't seem to land and there are moments where the actors are called to do something that makes them seem melodramatic and silly as a result i thought the miniatures were pretty great i thought the even though they reused some stuff from the last film i thought most of the battles were pretty good i i'm a little kinder here i'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 i th- i think okay. it's really a solid a solid affair but there are some things that are are really, to me, weakening the total product. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely there. Uh, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. I really do enjoy the the sudimation, the elements of the, 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 the craft of, of those fights, I think, works very well, but is, is far from perfect. And there are months of the script that don't flow as well as in a previous film like you know Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla where it just right. somehow worked a little bit better and this is a short film as well this is 123 minutes no an hour and 23 no. minutes hour and 23 uh, minutes <laughs> sorry it's 83 minutes total and the the u.s cut was even shorter than that which is pretty crazy to to think about because it does feel like a longer film and that's my problem is this is a very short film and it doesn't feel like it yeah yeah what about let's talk next about the evocative nature of this film like i said i i feel like this is extremely watchable but it it does have the complete absence of the camp that has been such a huge part of the Godzilla, you know, mainstay, certainly in the 1970s, but even into, you know, the the later 1960s, you know, you know, some films like uh, versus Hedera do 
make itself very serious, kind of try to take themselves seriously, but it's also a very fun movie. <laughs> so it, I think in context, this does not feel like it's a part of the same series, part of the 1970s of films, but it is a, I would say a great Godzilla film, very watchable. So for, for the evocative nature, I'm, I'm giving a very high marks as well, but not perfect. I give it a nine out of 10. Honestly, so, talking about this film makes me want to watch it uh, immediately. <laughs> I, I do. I do think for the evocative nature, it is higher. I mean, Mechagodzilla is such a staple in the franchise. And like I said, this is the one that was most available to me for the longest time. And for a lot of people, this was the one you find for the longest time. So if mm-hmm. you're wanting to watch Mechagodzilla, then this is what you're going to see. And that's a really important part. I mean, if, if someone's looking to watch like older Godzilla films and you can't access 1974's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and this is all you have, that's 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 a big thing. So I'm 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 with you. I think this this gets a nine for its oh, evocative wow. nature. I think I think it is a really strong film in what it tries to do. I don't think it always succeeds, but I think it is important that this movie does aspire to do a lot of things with the final entry of the Showa era. And that's that's not nothing. Well, that that is surprising. That does not raise this up enough to to hit a a nine out of ten as our podcast total. My final score here is an eight point six and yours a solid eight, which means our our podcast final final score is going to round down to an eight out of ten, which I think is completely fair. Once again, I think we've arrived perhaps at the correct number for for where this falls in the series. I would agree with that. Which is very surprising. I, Like I said, I thought we would in this series go the the highest probably on versus Hedera, but Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla is our best Godzilla film of the 1970s. And I'm, spoiler warning, I don't think there's going to be another film. I, I in the I last for, half. I can't foresee that happening at all. <laughs> the last half of the 1970s, I don't think is going to beat out Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla Miles. I mean, there are certainly Godzilla films that will, will will challenge that, but I'm I'm honestly I'm pretty happy that Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is 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 holding the torch. I think that is mm. that along with Godzilla versus Hedera, I mean, just absolutely excellent films. Right. All right. So that'll that'll do it for our Terror of Mechagodzilla chat. Where can folks find us online if they 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 want to talk to us about their enjoyment of this film? You can find us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History. You can visit us on Kaiju versus History dot com. You can email us at Kaiju versus History at Gmail dot com. Patrick, tell the people what we are doing next week. Well, we're we're moving away from from our classic Toho and <laughs> and other kaiju films into uncharted territories here, Miles. We're gonna catch you next time when we dive into the first of a few Shaw Brothers productions from Ooh. from from Hong Kong. You know it's perhaps by <laughs> by nature of its its reputation that may precede it we're gonna look at chinese superman aka it's time to tune in next time for history versus the super inframan <laughs> <laughs>